0: And what was interesting, of the four years that we've been certified as a great place to work, 2020 turned out to be our strongest year of engagement ever. Our our scores went up in every single category. I think one, because employees were thankful that we had allowed them to quickly move home, that we gave an, an incredible amount of grace. If you go back to those days when not only in my home, my teenage kids' home. Many of our employees had elementary students at home. And so if you're trying to work, our note to all of our leaders was give grace. And if an employee has to have between two and three off because their second grader needs to be on a Zoom class, work the schedule, figure it out. And our managers really rose to the occasion. And and that gratitude for the grace we extended was definitely, definitely shown in our
1: 2020 uh great place to work surveys. Good morning, HR. I'm Mike Coffey, and this is the podcast where I talk to business leaders about bringing people together to create value for shareholders, customers, and the community. Please follow, rate, and review Good Morning HR on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or at goodmorninghr.com. This week's episode finishes our six week look back at how the workplace has changed since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. And I can't think of a better person to end this series with than my friend, Andrew Pryor, who's definitely one of the great champions for building amazing company cultures. Andrew is Chief Human Resources Officer at ECI Software Solutions makers of the leading cloud-based business management software for small and medium-sized businesses. Andrew's list of accolades is a mile long. But he served in the White House, and over his 35-year HR career, he's helped build some amazing companies. And I've got to sit on the sidelines as a friend and and often uh, vendor uh, watching him do that. And it's just everybody who ever worked with Andrew tells me, Oh, gosh, if you ever get a chance to work for Andrew, work for Andrew. He's also been recognized as HR Executive of the Year by both the International Business Awards, so he has a Stevie, and Dallas HR. And under his watch, ECI has been certified as a great place to work and one of the most engaged companies to work for. And in his spare time, he's also co-author of The Smile Guide, Employee Perspectives of Culture, Loyalty, and Profit. And he's also been my fellow board member, client, and friend for longer than probably either one of us want to admit. Welcome to Good Morning HR, Andrew. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate the invitation to talk. So where were you when you realized that this whole COVID thing was something that we actually had to worry about? Yeah, I, I, I 100% remember exactly where I was.
0: My company is highly acquisitive. We are a private equity-owned company. And we had been doing due diligence with a major acquisition for months. And on March 15th, we were told the owners did not want to sell because they were hearing about the pandemic and were fearful of it. And we literally just watched two months of of hard work vaporize. So I remember exactly where I was. Um, It the, the rough thing about that was the next day, I had to present to our senior leadership our contingency plan. So, so going off of hearing we lost a major deal for COVID, I had to walk in the boardroom the next day and talk about COVID. So I was the most unpopular person in our company on March 16th. Uh, but we had a plan in place, and March 17th, the world changed for everyone.
1: Wow. So did you have to create that that COVID plan, you know, kind of in a very short period of time, or did your business continuity planning anticipate a uh, a worldwide pandemic?
0: Yeah. I, I don't, our, our business continuity plan addressed fires. It addressed, you know, damage to property. We're in Texas. It, it you know, where's the backup if tornadoes. the tornadoes, right. right? Yeah. We had a continuity plan for infectious disease in local communities. And it went something like this. If 5,000 people are impacted, if 10,000, if 100,000, it was it was nothing compared to the world is shutting down and if you can go home and hunker down in your house. Uh, we pivoted on March 17th to a global quarantine. And at the time we had 17 offices worldwide. And um, you know, we were talking about this because just last week was the one year, the two year anniversary. And I remember sitting, watching our IT team loading uh, monitors and desktops in people's cars, and thinking, "This is a lot of work for two weeks. We'll be
1: at home two weeks, and in week three, we'll be back in the office." But then here we are, two years later. How many employees did you have when on March seventeenth of two thousand or twenty twenty? Yeah, I would say we had approximately eleven hundred. So, so today
0: ECI has eighteen hundred employees. So even during this global quarantine, we have grown and thrived and we've had we had nine acquisitions last year.
1: And so you had at the time, 17 offices. What percentage of those employees were actually already working remote versus working in an office? You
0: know, I would say on we, we code our employees. So you're so like I'm tied. I live in Fort Worth. So our, that's our headquarters. So in our in day force, which is our HRS, I'm tied to the Fort Worth office. Uh, Two years ago, about 80% of our employees were tied to an office, and about 20% of our employees, mainly R&D employees, were 100% remote. They never went to an office. They weren't tied to an office. And in the past two years, that number has really flipped for us. So 50% of our employees are 100% remote. They will never go into an office again. And uh, about another 30% are hybrid. Uh, so they are one to two days a week. And then 20% have the ability to flex wherever they want to flex. So they can they can do three days a week, four days a week, or one day a week. Our, our world has changed. Our, our company is 100% hybrid now, which is uh, every, every employee has the opportunity to have hybrid work if they choose.
1: Wow. And had had y'all even prior to COVID anticipated that, even considered doing that? Or is that, I mean, because f- like for imperative, I mean, we're not quite as big as ECI, but I would have never dreamed that we would have gone remote. Uh, and, you know, but when we put our disaster recovery stuff in place, because it was built around a tornado making our office not available. And, um, and, you know, we're at the tail end of tornado alley here. So, but then we did it. And it's really worked and uh, our productivity is as good as it's, it's better than it's ever been. And my employees are, are loving it. So, and I think I'd have a a riot if I tried to bring everybody back, but did you ever even imagine, did y'all have those conversations? I mean, were you, were you hearing from your software engineers, people like that, that, Oh no, I never want to come to an office. I, I always want to work remote. Were you even hearing that from candidates? And- I, I think we, you know, two years ago, prior to the, to the
0: pandemic, we felt like our R&D positions really leaned that direction, right? Software creation allowed for that. But the rest of our company had had really only started to embrace virtual tools because we were in the office. I remember early in March of that year, we had a conversation, uh, how do we mandatorily require employees who are on a virtual meeting to turn their camera? And should we, is that cultural to us if someone does it? And then the question came up, a lot of our employees didn't even have cameras to work virtually. Uh, Over the past two years, certainly we saw the same thing, Mike. Our employees loved working from home. Our company has thrived. We have grown. We've, our employees have performed and worked hard well. And so for us, uh, we returned in July of 2021 back to the offices. And when I say returned, we said all of our offices are open for business. We would love to have you come back. And most groups, like like the human resources team that reports to me, we decided we were all going to be there on the same days. We were going to be there on Tuesday and Wednesday. So everybody is in the office on the same day together. That gives us a sense of camaraderie. But other teams sort of divided things up so that some of the groups are there every day. And and over time, even there, that has, has definitely morphed into, I think some employees who thought, I'd love to come back two or three days, are like, mm, with gas being so high, I'm gonna really take advantage of hybrid. And so I'm gonna come in one day a week. And some people who started coming back in said, you know what, I really like um, I, I like working from home. And so they chose to go remote. It's interesting of our company with 700, 1,200 employees, there are basically two people in our company who chose to be in the office 100% of the time. Two out of all of those, everybody else enjoys a hybrid
1: schedule. So the two extroverts who just can't be at home alone with a cat all day. Yeah. Uh, well, and that's me. I mean, throughout, you know, all my I've got a an office full or had an office full of introverts, but I'm the guy who needs that social interaction. So I was, you know, at the height of the pandemic when all the coffee shops were were closed. Uh, I met a couple, but my coffee buddies—I have coffee with at least once or twice a week. We were meeting at the Kroger because the only Starbucks open in town was in the Kroger, and we'd meet at Kroger and just walk the aisles uh, just to have our social time with over coffee and 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 guy talk uh, and getting the you know the hairy stink eye from uh, the you know the Kroger <laughs> employees. But I just had to had to do it. And so yeah, it's but it's interesting that only two of your folks wanted to come back and your corporate headquarters up here in here in Fort Worth yeah. is is uh it's got a really cool vibe and y'all spent a, I know you spent a lot of time designing that and it's got this balance between fun and whimsy and professional and kind of tech. yeah um did it just break your heart not to be able to use that like you designed yeah. for it so 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 not just that we're in the
0: alliance corridor so you have our building right. which which is you know, designed for a little less than 200 people. And now on any given day, there's probably 35 people there. So you can, I always say I can walk from the CEO's office, which is at one end of the campus, to mine. And where I used to see almost 200 people along that path, um, I might see 35 right? Because, and, and most of those 35 are new hires. So one of our programs for our customer experience team is new hires come in for six months and they have a scorecard of performance measures they have to maintain. When they have hit those, we then allow them to choose. Would you like to work from, you know, you want to be hybrid 100% of the time? Do you want a hybrid schedule? You want to be remote. And so most of the people that are in our building are new hires, which is so very interesting uh, and that's why we have we've sort of been purposeful about what days different teams come in. And I know you talked about like our building and the design of our building, Mike. So I'll tell you, our building is is not far from the Charles Schwab Building. You know, a beautiful was it a billion dollar campus that is. I drive by there, and their parking garage is much like the airport. They have the red the red lights or the or the red or the green lights, and you just see green, right? and and, and then you see the TD Ameritrade building, which was brand new. And it's it's vacant. And you go by the old sabre buildings, which were vacant now. I mean, it's our world has
1: changed from offices to hybrid schedules. I was up in Alliance just a few weeks ago and it was tumbleweeds. I mean, it's just it's so weird. The the you can you could go in and and immediately be seated for lunch at a restaurant. Yeah. Uh, it was just it's it's just a different world. And and I think, you know, I see it everywhere where I go. It's how would you describe ECI's culture pre-pandemic. I mean, y- y- y'all were, you know, best places to work, great places, all that stuff. How would you how would you describe what was unique about your culture yeah. pre-pandemic?
0: So, what is unique is we're a culture of recognition, and that we give every employee in our company ten dollars a month to recognize their peers. and And when an employee goes out to write a recognition, our internet looks like Facebook. And, and, and so the, every recognition is posted on our company, we call it high five, and every employee then can like it, they can comment on it, and you can also boost it. So a boost says, hey, I wanna give somebody $5 because they did such a great thing to help you out, Andrew, or it's such a great person who's, we have a shared experience. Um, we already had that feature in place and it was ingrained heavily in our culture. And, and through that tool, we already, prior to the pandemic, would ask our employees every week, hey, Mike, how do you feel about your job today? That question is emailed to you every Wednesday. And it's a way for us to constantly engage uh, how how the employees feel, but also we can also see if suddenly things drop, okay, what was the big decision last week? If the engagement scores go up, what did we announce last week that, that resonated well with our employees? Our engagement scores on that very simple question, how do you feel about your job today? We have a quarterly town hall meeting, which our CEO and our president hold. And it's sort of where they give a very transparent view of our company. And the engagement scores in the week following always go up because employees like to know and hear how's ECI doing. Um, so, So we had those things in place globally prior to the pandemic. And they really helped us because what it did was everybody still has a chance for recognition. Everybody is still recognized on their anniversary. And we were able to to really more heavily rely on those tools as ever when when everyone is remote you can't forget anyone is one of the things we always say so it makes sure you're recognizing all employees those that are active and visible and maybe those unsung heroes who just keep their heads down and work a lot and maybe not speak up as much in meetings the introverts uh, and so those tools have really helped move us through the process
1: and I've read a lot, as I'm sure you have, about how you know, these you know big thinkers are all saying that remote workplaces are going to be really bad for the the folks who just keep their head down and work, uh, and they're going to get less recognition. and um, And you know, how do you how do you guard against that in in an environment where you've got people already all over the world, and now they're coming in the office rarely? Uh, how do you how do you how do you make sure that you people don't get overlooked for their contributions? So it's purposeful.
0: So, so, so we really do purposefully look at that. There are reports that are generated from our system of, of like I get a report once a month of here's the employees who have gotten the most and here's some people you might want to look at. In my team, our benefits employees get lots of those high five recognitions because they are always helping someone in need. I'm sick. I need help. I have a bill. I don't know what to pay. I need help. I I had a baby. I need to add it to my insurance. So they get lots. Maybe people on my comp team who tend to work behind the scenes don't as much. And so my reports always show, hey, here, Andrew, here's where you might focus your recognitions. Another thing we do is as we end meetings, the leadership team, someone will say, okay, from a leadership team, who needs a high five this week? And so the leaders can strategically think about who's done big things in their business units and their verticals and their divisions and their functional teams. And that also helps that constant conversation to make sure employees don't feel left out. One of the most important things we do, though, is we actually measure and monitor our, the, how frequently our leaders are giving high fives. So we run reports every month. I said every employee in our company gets ten dollars a month, but every leader gets twenty-five, and every executive gets fifty dollars a month. And we run to a share, report- to give
1: to other to employees,
0: to, to recognize their employees in yeah. five-dollar increments. So if I'm a leader and I've used all my money, I've recognized everybody as as well as I can. That's a good thing. If I'm a leader and I haven't given any recognitions, what's interesting is I told you there's we asked the question: How do you feel about your job today? The leaders that are giving the most recognition, the most frequently, the question, how do you feel? Those employees are the most engaged. The leaders who don't use all the points, we literally are giving them. They're not spending their own money out of their pocket. This is ECI's money. Those folks have the lowest engagement. And it's happened year over year. You can literally see it. It, People enjoy being recognized. They like their bosses saying to them, well done.
1: And so we measure all of those things. And I think... um... For the uh, the introvert types in your organization, which I imagine as software engineers and those folks, you've got more than a few of them. Um, the uh, that kind of recognition is a lot better than being called out in front of a group of people and saying, "Hey, great job!" Because there's certain people I know on our team when we're all together, and I say, "Hey, you know, Savannah, you did a super job. You really lived our values when you dealt with this issue this way." Uh, oh thank you and just they just yeah. you know you know having you know all eyes on them is not what they want to do but this this kind of social media approach exactly. to it is that a is that a product that ECI makes available to customers or is it, that just something it, yeah. y'all do strictly inside? It, it's actually something we buy from a company called Achievers. They're oh. a Canadian
0: company and the platform is built on uh, their it's their platform that we purchase. they're a vendor. Uh, And and so part of it is, what do you do with all that money? Like if people are giving you money throughout the year, what happens to it? And and employees bank that and they can at any point in the year, there's a catalog they can go to and purchase products or there's a catalog where they can go. Our most common thing people buy are Amazon gift cards and Starbucks gift cards, because that's something, you know, if I if you get ten dollars in recognition, it's something that you can go and buy, you know, buy you and your significant other a Starbucks
1: and say, hey, coffee is on my company today. Oh, that's cool. Okay, so and they they can cash it out at any time, or do they have to wait until... They can cash it out at any time.
0: Unfortunately, no matter where you live in the world, that money is taxable when spent. So once a quarter, we always have to tell employees, you know, we're going to give you all this, but when you spend it, when you go to buy something, and and, and our average employee probably gets, um, I would say close to $130 a year, $150, in high five points. that And, and, and people that have big projects, they'll, they'll get a lot more. I've seen you know someone say, thank you, John, for working. There was a, a software issue and John worked all weekend at a customer site trying to help the customer get back online. And I've seen people get 10, 15 recognitions for those things. They're so visible.
1: And let's take a quick break. Good Morning HR is brought to you by Imperative, premium background checks with fast and friendly service. If you're an HRCI or SHRM-certified professional, this episode of Good Morning HR has been pre-approved for one half hour of recertification credit. To obtain the recertification information, visit goodmorninghr.com and click on Research Credits. Then select episode 39 and enter the keyword prior. That's P-R-Y-O-R. On April 14th, I'll be hosting a webinar entitled Drug-Free Workplaces in an increasingly tolerant and stoned society. This free webinar is approved for one professional development credit for SHRM-certified professionals and one hour of general recertification credit for HRCI-certified professionals. You can register for this free webinar at imperativeinfo.com. And if you're listening to this podcast after April 14th, you can still watch the recorded webinar on our website for credit for free. And now back to my conversation with Andrew Pryor. And so you already had a process in place. Uh, and what was, you know, there was there that much to tweak then once you all went remote, other than just reminding managers, pay attention to the, the bottom 10% or whatever? For us, what well, the biggest thing I think that we did is we, during quarantine, so those actual first
0: four months of everybody can't leave their house, we created a daily newsletter called Staying Connected. And our CEO would do video messages once a week on encouraging people. And we decided right off the bat, people were under enough negative news. So we wanted this thing. We featured like a silly meme of the day. We, um, we looked at, we did... Uh, deep dives into learning more about our different products, our different verticals. We ran articles on, you know, here's what the CDC is saying about what is the safest face mask. Here's which is the best hand sanitizer. Here's how to keep your family safe. But along the same way, it was if you're bored and don't want to leave the house, here's how you organize your closet, tips on organizing, tips on yard work. And our employees love that. Not everything applied to them as we got closer to May of, of 2020, what we saw is we knew a lot of kids were going to miss their graduation, and so we celebrated the graduating students of our employees. But with with we profiled each student. There were probably 75 kids that we we got their pictures and wrote stories. And over the course of two weeks, we just ran newsletters about them, so that you know if you couldn't go to a graduation ceremony, but your peers knew your daughter was graduating from college and. Um, we tried to do wherever our employees found was interesting and and, and enjoyable to read and, and we also realized we had to keep it short so you know I always have this five minute rule if a newsletter it takes me longer than five minutes to read I'm not going to read it so it was really a daily tip you know tidbit a daily snippet and, into what was going on in our world and in the company at the time and our employees loved it our employees, You know people would say i i look forward to the silly meme every day and we had banks of silly memes that employees were sending us so employees really got engaged that helped us get through i think the darkest part of it but in the middle of all of this because we stayed engaged with the daily newsletter because we continued our high five programs in the middle of it we were due our annual great place to work recertification And and we decided, you know, part of being recertified as a great place to work is you participate in an engagement survey. There are 80 questions that the Great Place to Work Institute owns. And my role as the head of HR is I send them the email addresses of all of our employees and and how the employees fill out that survey. It's their feedback that determines if we are or are not. And what was interesting, of the four years that we've been certified as a great place to work, 2020 turned out to be our strongest year of engagement ever. Our our scores went up in every single category. I think one, because employees were thankful that we had allowed them to quickly move home, that we gave an incredible amount of grace. If you go back to those days when not only in my home, my teenage kids home many of our employees had elementary students at home. And so if you're trying to work, our, our note to all of our leaders was give grace. And if an employee has to have between two and three off because their they're second grader needs to be on a Zoom class, work the schedule, figure it out. And our managers really rose to the occasion. And and that gratitude for the grace we extended was definitely, definitely shown in our 2020 uh, Great Place to Work surveys.
1: Yeah, Great Place to Work, Best Companies, all of those those you know, they're nice little things to put in your email signature. And certainly we put best companies in Texas and all that in ours, but the feedback you get and and that sense that employees know, or at least that, it confirms for me that the feedback I've been getting from my employees has been honest because yeah. they're telling, now they're telling a third party uh, somebody outside of the organization about us.
0: Well, and you constantly want to improve. And so by, by, you know, participating in these, these surveys, you're given data so that the next year you can be better and the next year. And look, there, are, you know, we're a software company and one of our core values is Crave Greatness. And Crave Greatness is about innovation. And what we say is don't fear failing, learn from failure. And so there are things we try that we'll get feedback on, haven't been as successful. And, and you learn from it and you move on. And there are things that we try that are really well received. And, and the, the question is always, how do we repeat it? How do we scale it globally, and and that's the value of participating in one of those culture surveys for me.
1: And so, you've got the Hi-Fi program, and then you've got your Wednesday Pulse Check kind of right. email where you just test. And that's just—is that on a scale of one to ten, or how do you? What is that that measure? How do you? You know, it, 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 it's even simpler than
0: that. It's four. It's four emojis, and it's a happy. Okay. An excited, so he's super excited, there's an unhappy and there's an angry. And all employees have to do is click on that's all we ask. Click on an emoji. Now, behind it, we then have a chat bot which will kick in and say, Do you have any additional feedback? And if and if the the pathways of that feedback that take an employee through a loop are if an employee is unhappy, tell us why you're unhappy. Thanks for sharing, but tell us why. And then if you're happy, hey, that we're excited to hear you're happy. Tell us what makes you happy. And the idea is most people don't, their feedback doesn't change on a daily basis. And so most people, what we ask is every week, click the emojis and if you have anything extra. And so we'll see things like, hey, I really appreciated the town hall sharing how we were doing with our corporate bonus. We'll see things like, thanks for paying the bonus. And we'll also see a a sad face or a frowny face. Sorry to see my my
1: long-term manager retiring, for example. So really, I mean, and you had all of that in place pre-COVID. We Was did. there anything, is there anything, you, especially that you added to the process? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so we, <laughs> yeah. In 2019,
0: Mike, we had launched a, a corporate L&D team. And, and we spent building this beautiful infrastructure in 2019
1: to fly. Leadership people. and development team, right? Yeah, for our. Not labor and delivery. Team. I came out of healthcare. LED is labor and delivery. Oh, sorry. So, right. okay. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> learning and development, not labor and development.
0: So, fly people in from all over the world to our learning and development center in Fort Worth, take roadshows of training to each of the countries. And, and so, we spent a year laying the platforms for that, and, and the world changed on us. So what we did was we had to pivot to online training and to virtual training. And one, do you have the tools to do that so that you can do things like breakout rooms and have various conversations? Can you, you know, what are the quizzing kind of tools you can use? What are the chatbots we can put in place? How do, what are the surveys we can put in place so that so that we keep things fresh? And um, it took us a couple of months to move the infrastructure. Of, of our learning and development, we also partnered with LinkedIn Learning. Uh, we brought them on board so that wherever you are in the world, you can take a class LinkedIn Learning through our LMS Docebo offer 16,000 courses. And we set a goal for ourselves: We'd like for every employee in our company to take at least 16 hours of professional development. And that was our goal. And we actually ended with every employee in our company having 31.4 hours of professional development. So I wish I could say we doubled it because that one I could round up, man, but I can't quite get there with 31.4. But, you know, we, we really, our employees embrace it. And again, that's purposeful. So one of the things we learned is when everybody's separate, you have to market things like this. So we would have uh, learning of the quarter where we would say every day we're going to focus on being positive and we're going to share a short four minute video positive message. And our, and our global uh, senior director of, of learning and development every day would put out a link to a video on positivity and being thankfulness and gratitude, a spirit of gratitude. Another time we went to coaching and counseling and all the leaders got something every day. We gave our leaders the ability to assign courses. So for my team, I decided one month that I really wanted us to focus on learning how to use Outlook better. How do we organize our days and our Outlook calendars? And there were four classes which I assigned to all the HR team. And then in a team meeting, we talked about who's doing something different. What did you learn? You know, who's who's using color-coded folders now? And, and managers assigned courses throughout the year that they would then use their town halls to follow up and have, Almost
1: like Oprah's book club kind of conversations on the learning, and that was all in LinkedIn Learning. It was, it was. Okay, LinkedIn wow! Learning. I need to go. What I need to go look at the Outlook one. Then I definitely need that one. It's uh, I've uh, instead of a zero box, I've got a one, zero, 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 <laughs> zero inbox, and so maybe we need to. I need to work on that. That's good to know. The other thing I think it's important to say that we had to do is we
0: had to more than ever we had to focus on mental health for our employees. And so, one, we beefed up the employee assistance programs globally. We operate in many companies where where they have socialized medicine. And even in those countries, we purchase additional resources for an employee assistance program where it's possible. Some countries are very socialized with their health care and it's not necessary, but even then you have to market those things. Here's our employee assistance program. Here is how you access it. Here's, and here's the things you can do. Here's who should call in your family. Here's why we had numerous globe. We had town hall meetings where we did trainings on global health, where we reminded people about all the resources and we used a company out of Um, the UK because we're a global company to just facilitate various meetings on mental health. And uh, that was a big focus for us last year because, you know, we were still locked in and and it became more important into year two. We had COVID fatigue hit when people were just, you just wanted to go out and have dinner without having a face mask on. And, and uh, so mental health has been a huge part of our COVID strategy.
1: Yeah, um, that's that's interesting. Uh, the but all of this stuff is online. How do you fight the online Zoom fatigue? And there's only, I can only watch one more webinar. How do you, how do you balance that? Because that's what I hear all the I hear from from employers all the time is my people are just sick of staring at the computer all day. They don't want to talk. You know, they just want to send emails. They don't want to they they don't want to interact online and they're and they're videoed out. Yeah,
0: so we're a company of software developers, so that's not an issue for us. <laughs> People love their computers. Um, I will say, I, even for myself, now, I'm the extroverted HR guy. Going as we've hit year two, i at first when we came back to the office, I was like, man, I don't want to drive. I have to get dressed today. I have to wear pants. Like, I can't even wear my sweatpants at home, right? And um, But as, the, as we've been in the office now nine months... And and I more and more I grow forward to looking to my Tuesday and Wednesday. It's not that I don't love my dog who's sitting right here, you know. And, and originally the plan was I told my wife I'm, we're going to institute take your dog to work day. Like I, all of our pets have been with us, we can bring the dogs and, and cats and whatever you want to in. But um, I'm looking, I'm enjoying more and more getting back the office. But I'm thankful that is a choice I can make. Many people don't have that option. I am, um, and I don't mean to get on a soapbox here, but every one of us should be very, very thankful when we go to the grocery store. I hear people grapping saying, you know, there's no toilet paper, there's no paper towels. Look, during the high of the COVID, when I was hunkered down in my home, somebody was stocking the paper towels, somebody was stocking the toilet paper. And I'm thankful for those people who had to go to work and really risk their lives. And I think we should have a society that's a little bit more grateful to those folks. I always try to say thank you when I'm in the grocery store to people, because and I'm thankful that I have a choice even today. Our world has changed, Mike. And, um, you know, we we didn't have a great deal. The 80% of us who were not hybrid before, now that we are, uh, it's it's sort of new ways of working for us, or we are looking on Zoom calls, go to meetings, and Teams meetings all day long. So luckily, though, we've embraced it, and it's worked well for us.
1: What do you say to that manager who says, well, if my people aren't in the office, I don't know what they're doing. We, have you um, had that feedback or? You know, no,
0: I, I honestly haven't because we're a company that can measure everything. What I have had is the manager who has said, um, you know, the culture will suffer if we can't all be together. And for us, it's very interesting on that little smiley face question, right? How do you feel about your job today? our employees have stayed the, the exact same score of engagement, which is very high. It's almost double the national average. Our, our, our employees have stayed highly engaged, and that score has not varied up or down in, in two years. Um, you know, you could say it was gratitude year one for just, you know, being alive and not being, and being quarantined and having jobs. In year two, it was gratitude to have the ability to hybrid. I do feel like in year three, we have to change things for us. And so it's everything's already measured for us. We can see if people are working or not. What's not is will our culture hold fast with the infrastructure? Uh, and when I say infrastructure, the facilities infrastructure we have. And so we're trying to stay ahead of that by changing our facilities infrastructures. Uh, we do want people to want to come in and we do want people to feel welcome when they're there. And now when you walk into an office and it's, you know, you used to have a hundred colleagues and now there's 10, that's tough. And so one of the things that we're doing is, is to, to continue the camaraderie, we're changing the footprint of our offices. They probably will not be as big. We won't have as many. And, you know, there'll be a few people in our office who will have dedicated offices and then there'll be 10 to 15 that are just hotel spaces. I'm going to be in the office next Monday. I'm going to check out an office, right? Uh, dedicated desk spaces, cubes, work areas will probably be a thing of the past and people will come in and have a hotel space. And so if I'm only going to be there on Tuesday and Wednesday, I'm going to gather all the HR team. We're going to sit together in a corner and enjoy that and then let somebody else have it on Thursday and Friday.
1: Wow. Wow. That's, and I think, yeah, there's going to be I'd hate to be in commercial real estate in the next two <laughs> or three years because there's going to be a lot of negotiations to smaller square footage, I think, for for a lot of companies. And and, and uh, I think, you know, Terry Swain, she was one of the early guests on the podcast last year, and, and she talked about how the uh, pandemic uh, identified who the bad managers were, because the ones who managed by walking around, looking over and micromanaging couldn't do it remotely. Yeah. And, uh, and 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 really struggled. So I can just look at the number of background checks CCI is doing and say, <laughs> and know that your talent acquisition folks are really busy right now. What are y'all hearing from candidates about what they want in the next role that maybe is different than what you were hearing two years mm-hmm. ago? Yeah, I, I so so certainly if we weren't offering hybrid
0: roles, I don't think we could hire anybody right now. I'm, I'm going to be very honest about that the world has changed so much that that's it's now it's as it's sort of like health insurance and a hybrid schedule go hand in hand those are you know expectations of a minimum of doing business and the flexibility of having tools so for us um, the world has certainly changed in this past year with the great resignation and even a company with as rich a culture as us has been squeezed and uh, you know, everybody has sort of a theory behind this and, and I'll share mine for the two cents it's worth. I think we were locked in our homes and fearful for our lives and fearful for the lives of our family and our friends and people reevaluated, tell me what I want to do with my career. Am I, am I living in a town I want to live in? And am I living, in, you know, it, would my life be richer and better if I moved back to be near my elderly parents? would my life be richer and better if I moved near my grandchildren? And so we've seen a tremendous amount of employees utilize the hybrid schedules to say, I'm going to relocate. It is so expensive to live in a big, big urban area. I'm going to move out to a rural community where I grew up, reconnect with old family and friends. And we've allowed that to happen. And those employees go from a hybrid to hundred percent remote. There's no office. So for us, those are just, we're seeing those tools on a recruiting level more than anything else I think for us is we're seeing the squeeze of salary inflation. Um, And and again, I think that's partly because uh, prior to COVID you had a a tremendous amount of very high salaries on each coast. You had the East Coast and the West Coast, right? And and now that the world has gone hybrid, the East Coast and the West Coast are willing to pay a Silicon Valley salary to someone who lives in Saskatchewan or someone who lives in Arkansas or a rural area of Texas where we are. And so you're seeing salaries move up because of that salary inflation. And we're seeing people relocate to really where they wanna live and dream. And uh, I, I don't think we're ever going back. You know? I don't think we'll ever go back to being in an office. Because of that, it's made our talent acquisition specialist. Now they're brand ambassadors for the company. Now they have to be social media experts. They have to be savvy to career sites and how to set them up so they're attractive. And uh, yeah, we are asking more of our talent acquisition team members than we have ever asked. And I've been in HR thirty-five years, a long time. I've never seen pressure on folks in my entire career the way I'm seeing in the last few months on the TA teams.
1: And I think the what I'm hearing from clients and certainly our own experience is even at the admin clerical level. Uh, the, the pressure, uh, and competition for that talent is, is, and the, and the prices that that pressure is driving, you know, those hourly, you know, those non-exempt employees wages up, uh, in a white collar setting, but, you know, just, uh, they don't want to go back to the work office either. And, but once you open it up and we've all realized, Hey, we can work remote. Why can't we work remote with employees in Mexico or Canada or, uh, you know, I talked to somebody last week who's part of his team is uh, in Ukraine, and so um, I think the the competition for the jobs for the best jobs at the best companies is going to intensify too. And uh, as as people figure out what they really want, and and companies realize, oh, I can hire, you know, maybe at a competitive wage, but not at the inflated wage that our current economy is requiring somebody who's just as excellent from one of these other places where labor is a little bit more plentiful. It's it's going to be an interesting shakeout. What do you think in two years, uh, ECIs, what's going to be different about your ECI's environment, uh, labor-wise, workforce, teamwork-wise, whatever, in two years, is there is there anything you see on the horizon coming?
0: Certainly again, I think I think in two years the newness of being hybrid will be, I think more people will be utilizing our, our hotel desk, our hotel office as one. I think we'll see more employees in the office wanting to be a part of that experience, right? Um I think we'll continue to have a tremendous amount of virtual meetings though. And and I think for our company personally, we're we're going to expand our global footprint. So right now, ECI is located in the US, in Canada, in Australia, we have offices in Sweden, in Denmark, the Netherlands, Belgium, uh, and the UK. And we are a certified great place to work in all of those countries, but one. And because we have these incredible certifications, we're able to look at, you know, what makes an employee happy in the Netherlands may not always be the same thing. So when we ask the, the great place to work, ask a question, what do you think, you know, are my benefits are world-class. Well, benefits in a country with socialized medicine mean something totally different to United States. And, and certainly, not only is there a squeeze right now, Mike, for compensation, there's a squeeze continue. We still are always going to be hit with this 10% inflation in America. So I think coming out of COVID, Uh, When when salaries are under such compression, so our benefits, you know, so I think our benefits packages, we're going to strengthen them, continue to strengthen them. You will we're seeing, uh, you know, we just launched an RRSP, which is the Canadian version of a 401k. And and so we just launched that. We have uh, had a huge focus this year on our U.S. benefits. We've had a huge focus on our U.K. benefits. We gave all the employees three additional days because benefits are also a piece of compensation. And for us, we'll continue to focus there. So office is different, benefits different, pay structures different, and the search for a job, which used to be, I live in Fort Worth, and therefore I'm going to look in Fort Worth, as you said, is now at a global scope. Now, that's harder on managers though. So I have a, a team in all those countries I just mentioned, there's someone from HR. And because the global clock, I, there's never a point that I can get my team all together unless somebody's not sleeping. So if I do it in the morning in the U S someone in Australia is not sleeping. If I, so, so we try to do meetings in the morning with the European teams and then at 5 PM to include the Australian talent acquisition people. And, uh, you just have to be more flexible in a day. We have a, uh, Uh, a senior level position open right now in our company. And one of the things that I've said is the ultimate requirement for me is the person has to have international experience because uh, you have to understand just the time consumption and you have to learn to take chunks out of your day. If I have an early meeting with Europe and a late meeting in the day, and they're all from home from, from one to three in the afternoon, I need to disconnect and walk around the block, play with the dog. And, um, that's what we're, I think that's just a growing pain of teaching people that and making sure that they're utilizing compassion, kindness, grace to say, I'm going to be out for a couple hours this afternoon to walk the dog because I have a meeting with Australia tonight.
1: Wow. Well, that is all the time we have. Um, I am definitely going to get on your calendar to talk more about international uh, workplaces. I think that's going to be something that we deal with more and more in the in the, in the next few years and uh, you're doing it. So I'd like to, we want I wanna pick your brain more on that. But thank you for joining me today, Andrew. Thanks, my old friend. I hope I didn't talk too much. I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to employee engagement, so. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great, yeah. It's like asking me how to select an employee. I'll just go on all day, so. <laughs> and thank you for listening. You can find previous episodes, show notes, and contact info for our guests at goodmorninghr.com We're on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. And don't forget to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Rob Upchurch is our technical producer, and I'm Mike Coffey. As always, don't hesitate to reach out if I can be of service to you, personally or professionally. I'll see you next week, and until then, do good, be well, and keep your chin up.